What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? It's Johnny King. This is a, a unique episode uh, in the sense that what I decided to do is um, let you into a conversation that a buddy of mine had uh, as we were discussing uh, entrepreneurship and making money. And he particularly has really kind of dove headfirst into the world of making money through Turo. Um, he owns, uh, I should say he, you know, he, he has a fleet of like seven, eight, nine cars, something like that. Um, which he's really kind of, like I said, ramped things up over the last four or five months. And I, I do Turo, but, uh, only with one of my two cars. And that for me, uh, is all the side hustle I want to do when it comes to Turo. Cause I've got my, you know, my other focuses, um, but it helps pay off the, you know, the, the insurance and the maintenance and the gas, um, for, for, for both my cars. So that works for me, but for him, he's really scaling it. And so this was, um, kind of a mastermind call that, uh, or, or I should say zoom that we did in my arena brotherhood, one of the, the many kind of, uh, value adds and, and just the, the power of bringing, you know, successful guys together into a, a single community. So I give you a little sneak peek into this conversation that I had with my buddy, Zach Lavalley. And, uh, so if, if you're kind of wondering, this kind of sounds like a different format, this is what's going on. So without further ado, uh, I will step out of the way and then you'll hear Zach and I start to get into it. And I hope you learned some good stuff because there's a lot of good gold here when it comes to um, the Turo business, if that's something you ever want to look into in terms of like full-on scaling it or just as a little side hustle. So enjoy. This might be a good good opportunity for us, Zach, to, to actually continue what you were just saying before I started recording um, in terms of like yeah. catching up. But uh, go back to what you were just saying because I think there's a valid point I wanted to riff off of that, but I uh, wanted to record before we got too far into it yeah i think what i was saying is um i'm being mindful um because i know i've been working on fear a lot lately um as far as mindset goes and i'm watching around me as there's a lot of uncertainty um Mm -hmm. and so you know whether it's gas prices or the economy or recession or mortgage rates going up and uh it's just got a lot of people scared to move and indecisive and I'm, I'm watching it for my business because, you know, what, out of the three businesses I'm doing, I'm pushing pretty hard, um, yeah. you know, and there's potential for something to go wrong, right? Um, totally. As there always is. 
So I'm just, I'm just watching that. And I think it's hard not to fall into that mindset, but I think it's also important to be aware that that's the, um, the environment we're in. Yeah. And, and for guys that are watching and catching up on like, what are the three businesses that you kind of dabble in? I know the answer to this, but fill yeah. the guys in so they get to know you a little bit. <clears throat> Yeah, so my my main business is real estate. Uh, I've been doing it for seven years. Um, it was a pretty hard transition going from um, full time retail management into my own business, and then just in the last um, what is it? What is it? five months? We started an Airbnb, bought an investment property in Tennessee, and That's then awesome. in November um, we started on Turo and. Like I mentioned, the Turo things expanded um, pretty rapidly. I have seven cars mm-hmm. right now and six are on Turo. Um, and three of those cars are um, pretty nice cars. They're pretty much dream cars that I never thought I would own. So, <laughs> so you, get to, you get to drive those a little bit, don't you? Oh, yeah. 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 And yeah. yeah. I mean, I obviously there's, there's a nice balance between like, um, picking what I want to drive and making money. So, uh, two fast cars out this weekend. So I'm like, dang, I don't, you know, get to drive a fast car this weekend, but making money is a pretty good, um, you know, uh, alternative for that. So. Right. Right. Um, let's talk about a little bit in terms of what, what are your thoughts in regards to, I, I think it's only, it's inevitable, right. In terms of, uh, the economy, and it being cyclical we've been being we've obviously been in a bull market the longest bull market in history right we've been enjoying that for a long time and now things are starting to really get pretty volatile um how are you going about kind of um you know mitigating your risk in all three businesses or you can talk about any one of them yeah i mean i think i i think first and foremost the diversity is nice, right? Because yeah. if, you know, in real estate, it's hard because if I have a bad month in real estate, you know, or a couple slow months in real estate, one really good month um, basically just catches me up from the slow mm-hmm. months. Um, mm-hmm. But what I've noticed in, you know, I've, I've kind of diversified in that, you know, Turo kind of takes care of the car payments. Um, Airbnb kind of takes care of my real estate payments. And then, you know, that leaves my, it takes the pressure off me real estate wise um, to perform, but knowing that I do need that money to get ahead. Um, so, so that helps a lot, um, you know, the diversification. But the other thing I was thinking about when you were mentioning, um, you know, kind of the environment we're in is how are we leveraging against what's going to happen? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think everybody's uncertain and scared. And they're not thinking like, how do you leverage against, um, you know, recession or inflation or, um, you know, the market changing. And the, the last thing I was going to share is I think, and I've seen this in real estate as of recently, um, everybody kind of listens to what they're being told, but not realizing when people are in fear, there's always opportunity. Um, always. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that I don't, I don't go back and forth in fear. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is as I'm scanning the horizon for danger, I'm also saying, but is there opportunity in the midst of this danger? Yep. 
and I would say too, I, I mean, I've heard that Warren Buffett say that like times of greatest pessimism is actually the times of greatest opportunity. Right. So I think it's good because it is, it is a, uh, what do you call it, a reframe of like, oh, should I feel this sense of like this contraction going on inside me emotionally and I want to pull back and play safe. And, and yet that actually is the moment that people who are making a ton of money, you know, are looking for those opportunities, you know? So I think you're, you're right about that. And I think that's a really good point that, that uh, I want to kind of harp on this whole arena brotherhood is that when shit starts hitting the fan, that's actually when we need to expand versus contract. So that's well, and I, I, I agree, but I also think it's time for us to um, buckle down, get serious about, you know, I call it my one thing. Right. Um, And so like, if times get tough, I just need to get better at that. Um, And then other thing that I'm huge on is the fellowship piece, you know, like really getting guys around you and asking other guys, what are you doing? Um, what are you doing that's working? How are you getting through? Um, do, is there anything we can support each other on? Um, cause you know, I think it's really important and it really tells our character of how we, how we act in the storm, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the great thing is in any of us that can weather the storm on the other side of that, you know, the storm clears up. And then if we muscle through the storm, you know, there's could be some really good stuff on the other side. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to change. Um, I mean, there's more, more than, you know, obviously just you and I, I kind of had different things I wanted to go into. It was, this is just you and I kicking it. I say we, I say we take this a little bit more like us sitting down for coffee than us like leading a podcast, you know, or yeah. um, teaching. So why don't we just shoot the shit like we normally would and talk about anything, whether we talk about Airbnb or I forget where we left things off on our last coffee a couple weeks ago um, where I was like, oh, I want to sit down and keep diving into that. <laughs> Refresh my memory. Do you remember anything that you wanted yeah. to um, get into? Shoot, I'm, now I'm drawing a blank too. I know we were talking about um, Turo a little bit, the Airbnb, and some of the coaching stuff. Let me ask you this: in terms of the, the Turo, you got the the thing that I am, you know, did a podcast on even yesterday was about just like making sure that you're not over leveraging in just one asset class, you know not just like having a huge portfolio of Airbnbs or a huge, huge, you have a lot of cars, right? Um, how are you, how are you I'm extreme? I'm extremely leveraged on them. <laughs> and that's, that's where the fear can kind of sneak in, you know, if I'm right. Right. So what's, what's your exit strategy? If shit starts to, starts to hit the, the fan and in one way or another, do you have an exit strategy in terms of like how to liquidate them or how to get out from underneath them? Like, how are you, What's your approach? I do. Um, I, I I think. Hmm, how can I answer that the best way? Um, I have to be careful. I have to be careful with coming up with Plan Bs, because my my subconscious can easily um, work me into self sabotage. So, I think what I tell myself, you know, day to day, is 
you know, if I need to get out, I can. And um, the, the best way to answer your question is what I've done is because my my anxiety around fear and around finances is is extremely high. And yeah. so I've built a buffer into my business account to where if I have an emergency come up, I can just act and move on. Um, and then that, that can be for the Airbnb, that can be for Turo, that could be for real estate. But then my other big strategy is I have the, uh, and, and this may be oversharing, but I don't mind sharing. I have a HELOC on my house and I use that to buy uh, my Airbnb. Yeah. And so, and I, I've purposely kept them separate. So I don't use real estate money for cars because I want to keep them separate. But my, my goal is to have that buffer in my account and then to pay that HELOC off as fast as I can. Because really with those two things, if I do need to exit, um, you know, and I, I don't yeah. want to use real estate equity to exit out of Turo. Um, but I think it's important to have a backup plan if the market does shift on us or something out of my control comes up. Does that a couple questions question? I have. Yeah, it totally does. But a couple of questions that come up from that is one, um, it doesn't have to be so much like your buffer, but what would you recommend to, to someone who's kind of playing us maybe a similar game? Like what do you feel is like a, a good amount for an emergency fund, you know, in your account? Uh, and does that, does that buffer grow as you take more risk? Uh, I, I think it should. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I'm still kind of new to Turo and I'm still new to the Airbnb game, but I'm m way more, way more seasoned in real estate and in investment properties. And I always tell people you need five to 10 grand a property because, yeah. you know, if, if a furnace goes out and you have no money, then it becomes yeah. an emergency. Yeah. Um, whereas if you have five grand per property, you know, then it's not so much an emergency. Um, with Turo, I, I would recommend, um, and the Turo game's a little different because you can, you can leverage your, um, you can leverage your risk basically. So if you're starting out and you're like, man, I don't have a big savings account, you can take less money and give more money to Turo and they take on more of the risk and they cover more of, you know, damage. They cover more wear and tear. Um, for me, I'm at a point where I have seven vehicles and I've done the math and I feel like I'd rather keep that money, but I have a $2,500 deductible. And last weekend I had six cars out. So six times 2,500 bucks is, you know, so I would say you at least need that deductible um, per car. So, you know, if something comes up, you know, it's not, for me, it's real, it's really a challenge to not emotionally react when something happens, right? So when the air conditioner goes out on our Airbnb or um, when I have seven cars out, somebody's going to get in an accident at some point. We've had several, um, but it's, it's hard because I, you know, especially with cars, I take such good care of them. But when you have seven or eight cars out, something's going to happen. How are you going about, well, that was one of my questions. Um, uh, I don't remember my other question, but <laughs> a new question I have is, how are you going about even uh, managing having seven cars and getting seven cars to seven different people that are flying in on the same weekend or the same day? Like, how are you even managing that? 
that Turo That's game. a great question. Um, so the two, the two generic answers for that is strategy and planning. Okay. Um, so, and I'll give you some examples. Um, my planning has, to, my planning and my execution has to be it, like it, it has to be good. Um, and actually Turo, and I was sharing this with you, Turo's really moved the needle for me with my scheduling and with me and my wife on communication. And I never thought of all the things that uh, would fix my marriage, Turo would be it. But when I have six cars going out, like we can't not communicate or we'll just get our asses handed to us. Um, and so uh, lots of planning, lots of putting stuff in the schedule, lots of looking the day before to see what my schedule looks like to make sure I'm set up for success. And then the strategy piece is all of our cars, we can remote lock or unlock. And we're not, we have a really good plan in place for, you know, if I have meetings tomorrow and a car goes out, um, which I have a car going out tomorrow um, and I do have meetings. So this is a good example. Um, I have a plan in place that I need to get it finished, getting it clean tonight, finished getting pictures done. And then I'm going to park it and I'm going to lock it. And so tomorrow when the guest reach out, reaches out to me, all I have to do is hit the app on my phone and hit unlock. And to me, that's a game changer because if you're sitting waiting for people at the airport, that just turns into a nightmare. What app do you use to like be able to um, remote, remote unlock and lock your cars? So that all the new cars have that capability. And the best mm -hmm. way I can describe it is anything that has an SOS system in it has that capability okay. um, because it runs through that system. And so most of them have like their own proprietary app though. So like Jeep, Dodge and ram all have you connect in them which is like mm -hmm. their technology um my bmw has a my bmw app the infinity has um iTouch or something and so it's all mm -hmm. apps to them you know and you have to you have to pay for those services but they're anywhere from like 10 to 15 bucks a month and you know yeah. that saves me i mean shoot it probably saves me 10 hours a week right sitting and waiting on people and you're just but there's you're also just, tracking um... in those apps too Okay, so you can keep keep an eye on where your cars are located yep. when they're out. Okay, and you're parking Park, in yep. the economy lots. Um, we were parking in the economy lots. Um, DIA and Turo just changed, um, so you can park in either economy lot now or either garage. Um, and again, there's some strategy with that too because there are a lot of cars that get stolen from the airport, so that's you know a big fear. That a lot of Turo people have, but um, we don't park them in the Turo spots. And I really try not to put lock boxes on cars because those turn them into targets. Mm. Um, yeah, I wonder about that. Because that's what I have on my vehicle is not so much the lock box, but it's that like hitch safe. Um, yeah, and I, and I have those. And I think those work good because if you put the plastic or the rubber cover on them, they're a little less, they're a little bit more inconspicuous, you know, where if yeah. there's a lockbox yeah. on the window, um, the lockboxes on the window are just a lot easier to break into. And I mean, actually, in most, a lot of them, all you gotta do is break the glass and then you can throw the lockbox in the car and the car will start. So you, you yeah. gotta watch some of that stuff. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a good point.
Um, the hitches though are pretty hard to, I think they're a lot harder to break into because they've got the hitch around it. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just wondered about that too. Um, with mine, at least, and I only do one car just so that I can have the other car to use. Um, I usually drop it off and now this would be different. Now that I've got an assistant who'll do it for me, but I usually drop it off within the hour that they're going to be picking it up. Right. So they're, they're cruising in and they're, I know they're landing at 11 AM. I'm usually dropping it at 10 30 or 11 AM um, shortly before they, you know, so it's not really, I don't feel that obviously lowers the amount of time that it's just sitting there, you know, looking ready to be stolen but i haven't thought about that too much but that is something definitely that i would probably think a lot more about if i had seven children like you do with your seven cars you know it's like you just increase the probability of something happening Uh, absolutely but i think you also have to treat it more like a business and it's been really hard for me because like cars are kind of like my children right like i i really take pride in having them i work really hard to get them um and so I have had, had to learn to kind of emotionally disconnect a little bit. And it, yeah. like, it's not a matter if, if it's going to happen, just when, yeah. um, but there's, there's, you know, we have trackers in all the cars and I'm actually looking into getting, um, the Samsung air tags, um, and I don't know those are. hiding. So there's, there's Apple air tags that are basically like trackers. The bad thing with the Apple ones is it pings everybody's phone and tells them they're being tracked. So that's uh, probably not a good idea. Yeah. Samsung has ones and how they work is they connect Google's Google and Android are dirty, right? And they're doing stuff and we don't even know. So they'll basically talk to any phone that's close and then the phone will send a signal telling the system where the tag is. Um, and those are just like little tiles, like those little tiles and you can hide those anywhere in the car. Um, you know, cause there's also trackers you can buy and plug in, but if they come unplugged, then, you know, they don't work. So, yeah, I I do know in my, uh, you know, that I bought the HVAC business two months ago. I do know in my, my technician's truck, um, the previous owner, which I'm, I'm paying for as well, installed like hardwired installed in the engine block, kind of like a, a GPS, you know, so I can track the, the van at any given time, you know, which is kind of nice. So I think that's smart to have that. Um, and I used to have that set up through the, the Porsche app that I no longer pay for, but it, could, it would tell me how fast they were going, where they were at, you know, so if they broke hundred miles an hour, I was like, Hey, mine slowing down or whatever you know like i stopped doing that because you know yeah people that are renting renting a porsche probably don't want to be babied on how to drive you know so i was like okay but uh yeah and i think you have to be mindful too like i my anxiety like i said could be high at times and i can get a little obsessive um and so you know if you get hyper obsessive some of that stuff can really be like bad um yeah but Try to control I, I mean, what you can't I, control. I have all the yeah, and so I'm not telling people to slow down because I have I have three cars. I have three cars that have 700 horsepower, right? So like, yeah, yeah. you know, if I rented a 700 horsepower car and somebody was telling me to slow down, I'd I'd be pissed. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but um, you know, sometimes it just puts my mind and my anxiety at ease if I can look and you know see where the car's at, um, or you know. I have on some of my parameters set up. So like on the infinity, if it leaves the airport lot, I get a ping on my phone 
And so if I get a ping on my phone before the uh, renter comes in, I know there's something up. Um, yeah, that's true. That's so, a good point. And I actually do the same thing with the Airbnb. Um, I saw so I've got cameras on the outside. I've got Nest thermostat. Um, I can lock and unlock the door. I can open the garages. It'll tell me if the garage is open. And so yeah, it just yeah. is enough to kind of keep my anxiety at bay because I can look at it and, you know. Yeah, I think that's of, good. Kind of just feel better about it. How do you feel? What, what I don't necessarily love about the Turo thing and, and just educate me if I think if it's a probably not the right approach. What I don't love about Turo uh, and just cars in general is that there's a lot of moving pieces literally in the car. There's a lot of things that can break down. It's a depreciating, you know, asset, if you will. Right. And the more miles that it gets, you know, the, the more the value of the car goes down versus, you know, Airbnb, obviously with, with real estate, hopefully that the house is going to be appreciating over the long haul. Um, and worst case scenario, if shit hits the fan, you can always put in a long-term renter. I just have a hard time. Like, I don't know exactly what my fallback would be. If I had seven cards like you do, would you just like liquidate them, fire sale them? I don't know exactly what you do if you have a bunch of cars and all of a sudden something happens. You know, like even in the pandemic, I could probably find someone to rent my house. But I don't know if there's, you know, what I would do if people stop renting cars and yeah, traveling. Um um i think yeah and you're kind of hitting on some of my some of my um some of my tender spots as far as the fear goes which is fine um like i think you have to really i i've had to really learn to control what i can control um and so on all the cars we do mileage limits um, so on the nice ones, I do hundred miles a day, um, on, the SUVs, I do 200 miles a day. Cause I don't want somebody, you know, borrowing them and putting, and I've had somebody put 800 miles on a car in one day, um, yeah. before I put those limits in place. <laughs> um, all my, all my cars have warranties on them. Um, yeah, so I'm like very leveraged on that, you know, and that yeah. costs and that can cause you to be upside down on stuff. Um, but the other thing is that I'm looking into right now is more education, right? Like I would consider myself, um, you know, somewhat experienced in Turo. I think I do pretty successful, but like we're signing up for classes. I mean, there's yeah, always more you. to learn, but, but the other thing I noticed is um, like, I really try to pulse the market. So May was our slowest month. Um, and you really gotta, you really gotta watch the market and what the market's telling you. And then like with me, I, my, what I really need is I need the car payments paid. Um, and so if I have to lower prices and be a little bit more strategic and not charge as much, or, you know, in May I did some free deliveries. I, um, you know, I lowered prices quite a bit. I got aggressive on that stuff. And then May shaped out to be pretty good, you know, like we broke pretty much even. Um, as far as like, you know, I don't, you know, the, anything could happen, but I think, I think Turo's here to stay, just like I think Uber or Airbnb or anything else is. And um, the other thing that I 
I'm thinking through is like, if anything, 2020 has taught us like that, that was probably a worst case scenario, the pandemic happening. And like, we all kind of made it, we all made it work and we all did it. And so, um, you know, but I am thinking about like, there's a recession coming. Are people going to, you know, not travel as much and do that stuff? But I just find it hard to believe. And this goes back to my first point with uncertainty, like uncertainty makes people and fear makes people change their behaviors temporarily, not permanently. Um, and so, you know, like we all, when gas prices went up, we're like, oh, I'm going to drive less, you know, this is crap. I'm not, you know, I'm going to, I'm thinking about getting a Prius and then a month later, we all just go back to what we were doing. Yeah, that makes me laugh. Um, I agree. I mean, I, I, when I filled up for 140 the other day, I'm like, Oh my God, you know, it was 85, you know, a year ago. Um, can I afford it? Yes. Do I really want to afford it? Not really, you know, but I don't change my behavior a ton, you know, uh, I think for the for lower income people, they may have to change that, and that's that's something that obviously you have to take into consideration. <clears throat> but if you are taking the risk on Turo and that sort of thing, you got to believe that you're resourceful enough to come up with, like you said, cash flow to be able to to work with a couple different cars. Um, what I was going to ask you? Oh, and in terms of another detail, like do you? Um, do you keep all the cars then out of the airport full time? And like, how do you go about washing them and making sure that they're topped off and, and vacuumed and clean and sanitized and all that stuff? You know, is that something your wife is doing full time or is that someone else? That, like, do they do it customer? Do you have other, do you have others? Have you hired someone to do that full time, part time? Uh, kind of a little bit of everything that you mentioned. So I've, hi- I've hired people to do it. Um, and I haven't had a ton of good luck with consistency on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had a ton of people tell me you can't find somebody, you don't pay enough. Um, but I mean, there's always somebody that'll do that stuff. Right. Um, but most, most of what we're doing is um, we have really good systems and really good strategy. Um, mm-hmm. And so to give you an example of that, um, I buy car wash memberships for all the cars and I have, a, I have a lot of good relationships, right? So I have a, I have a relationship with the car wash um, and they know I have seven cars and they know every time I get a car, I'm going to buy a membership. So they, they give me a pretty substantial deal and I always just buy the year. So it's anywhere from 250 to 350, not even 350, I'd say 250 to 300 for a whole year. Um, and that's unlimited car washes and vacuums. Um, and so I'm a car guy at heart. So like I'm washing cars. I mean, my nice cars, you know, if I'm driving them, I'll wash them three or four times a week. Um, so a lot of it's just keeping up on them. Um, but we'll just spin them through the car wash, um, vacuum them out and then wipe them down. Um, and then, you know, one of the challenges that we've had with dropping cars off is the hardest thing is um, you have to have two people to do it. You got to have somebody take the car and you have to have somebody come get you. Um, you know, I've Ubered back, but it gets pretty expensive. Um, so then again, I'm being resourceful and, um, you know, I have, I have a young guy that came and mowed my lawn the other day and I'm like, Hey man, like, would you take 20, 25 bucks to like 
give me a ride from the airport? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, that's better than 30 to 50 on Uber. Yeah. Right. And so I'm doing that. And then there was one more thing I was thinking of. Um, um, we, we try to be strategic with parking them at the airport. So it doesn't like, I'm big on not letting, um, it interfere with my schedule. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I drop the cars off when it's more beneficial for me rather than when yeah. it's, and so like, I like what you said about dropping them off sooner to the pickup time, because you'll save on parking that way. But um, I also think the other side of that is if it's affecting your productivity for your next day schedule, I think it's yeah. worth it to drop it off the day before and just pay <clears throat> for the parking or have the guest pay for parking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's we, that's we been, that. that's a little bit of a, it's just so much easier, obviously it's just with one car, you know, cause I don't leave it oh, out there. Yeah. It's, I just use it. Like you're, you're really have it. You have a full out, full on business. I just do it just to pay for, you know, maintenance and insurance and any other types of, you know, and yeah. gas, you know, so I lease mine out maybe, maybe twice a month, but typically just once a month. And then I block it off so I can drive a, a nice car essentially for free. But uh, it does get a little bit expensive, like you said, with, with Uber. So a lot of times I'll take the train down to Union Station or vice versa. So that Uber mm -hmm. to the train is, so I'm just looking at like, okay, I can, I can, you know, get out to the airport for 20 bucks using a, a short Uber and the train versus, and so each, each city obviously is going to be different for whoever's, you know, well, looking for at me, doing Turo. Whenever, and, and I'm sure you think the same way, like if I'm doing something and it's costing me time, what can I do that's productive during that time? Right. right so like right. for me, if I didn't have three kids and a wife and yeah. seven cars, um, you know, like taking the train would be fine, but like, I would, I would probably be, um, like doing my reading during that time or some meditation or I, I work know, on my computer. Like, yeah. Yeah. Working on, you know, work on my computer. And that's the nice thing is if, as long as I have my computer, my phone and service, <clears throat> I can work whenever. Yeah. That's a nice thing. So it does kind of require obviously uh, flexibility, flexibility of schedule. I think it'd be difficult for someone to be one of the guys that are watching this who has a full-time job nine to five, you know, to make this work, you know, I don't, um, I don't think so. Yeah. It'd be pretty tough to not to be able to do it without a flexible I, schedule. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, you don't think so? no, uh, my schedule, my schedule is pretty, pretty busy. And so like, I, I would just drop the car off the night before. Uh, you say the night before. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right, right. You know, I, I just think, I think, you know, it, yes, do you have to pay for more parking that way? Yeah, but like it all, you just build it into the business. And so like, you're either charging the guests for delivery fees or I'm just texting them and tell them they got to pay for it, you know? And yeah. as long as like, you're building that into the communication, um, but I, I don't, I don't <clears throat> think so. You know, I just think, it, it does, however, take some adequate planning and looking at your schedule. And I was terrible at doing that before, um, you know, and now I'm like, and I never thought I would do this, but like the day before I'm looking at my schedule for the next day. And I'm like, how do I set myself up for success? Is yeah. the car washed? Is it vacuumed? Have I cl cleaned all the crap out of it? Right. And I got the car seats out. 
Um, you know, and I'm, I'm working on some stuff with energy in the morning health wise, but my, it's tough for me to get going in the morning. So I don't leave a bunch of stuff for the morning. Cause that will be setting myself up for failure. You yeah. Know, and I'm always usually running, you know, trying to get going I, anyway. So I don't know how you do seven cars. I mean, I think, uh, being able to have, I don't, again, I would have, think it'd be a hard thing for you to do if you were by yourself completely with a full-time job and what if you've got to drop off two or three cars on a Friday morning, like tomorrow morning, because a lot of people are arriving. I think that'd be really, really pretty challenging, you know? So it really does. I mean, like I said, it's pretty, you certainly depend upon your wife and vice versa. If you guys kind of make this thing work together, sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the other thing though, that I would say is I'm very, I'm getting better about, paying attention to my surroundings and so like um so like you know going on next door and seeing if there's a neighborhood kid that wants to mow my lawn um I'm very aware of like some of my friends that are having troubles financially um and and so you know I'll ask them hey would you help me um and you know I would I will happily give 20 to 25 dollars a car um, and I actually had, I actually had a couple friends that were, were dropping off cars for me for $25 a car. Um, mm-hmm. And I would get to the point where I would pay up to as much as $50 if, if I could be hands off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you got to think about it. if I got three cars going out on a Friday, that's 150 bucks. And that only <clears> takes <throat> you about three hours total. Right. Um, right. You know, and so I, I would just say you have to be, um, and I agree with you. I think, you know, you have to look at it, but, and say, you know, like, what's the problem at hand, but I've also learned that there's always a solution, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, my lawn has been the bane of my existence for the last two weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just not thinking the right way. Right. My mother-in-law's giving me hell. And she's telling me when you, when you worked at target, it didn't look this bad. I'm like, ugh. um, but, um, I just, I'm like, you know, and then this guy comes over and mows it and he's like 25 bucks. And I'm like, well worth, well worth it. Um, totally. Totally. But I mean, everybody's in different spots and like some people yeah. that 25 bucks, they need that to eat. Um, but I'm just like, I try to be resourceful and think through things. Um, and so I have another friend that um, <laughs> he's a little bit more high maintenance and um, he he needs a lot of my attention. And so like, there's been times where I'm like, come help me drop a car off so we can chat for an hour. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm just, I'm always paying attention to things around me and um, you know, how to, how to problem solve. And it's, it, that's a new skill for me. Um, that kind of stuff used to put me, I would get into analysis paralysis and I would just look at a problem and think that it was unsolvable. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say it takes a certain type of um, uh, mentality approach to be able to, I mean, you're juggling seven cars just as a single guy like me would be enough to be like, oh, shit, you know, and yes, you have your, your support of your of kids. You also have an Airbnb. You also have your, your full-time job and all the other things that come along with home ownership, like you've got a lot, man. So I just think you're, you're doing a lot to obviously do, do things right in terms of being able to plan, like you said, have a strategy. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, 
your hair could be on fire every day just trying to figure out how to make it through without losing your your sanity you know so well, I, I, pretty... li I live and die by my schedule um, yeah you know and i was that guy that you know when i was taking classes um i was like i'll, I'll never do that i'll never have a schedule and i <laughs> i live and die by it now um yeah yeah you know, I, I wouldn't i wouldn't remember and i joke with my wife um if it's not my schedule it won't happen like yeah i'm similar similar for sure do you keep a lot of the, the turtle stuff? Do you manage it a lot of them, like just on a Google spreadsheet? Or you just yeah. do it all through the apps? <clears throat> How do you guys all, keep track all, of everything and drops off, drop offs and everything? Is it on your calendar? Yeah. You just, okay. And do you share um, calendars with her so you guys can see everything that's going on? Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, that's a good question. Um, we, we have everything lives in one calendar now. Um, and so, because as we get busier and busier and the kids have more stuff, um, I have to make sure my stuff doesn't conflict with hers. And, you know, she might have something, <clears throat> she might have a doctor's appointment and I need to get the kids. So it all lives in one. Um, but she's actually getting ready to, um, quit her nine to five job and mm -hmm. to take on a more active role with her businesses. And so I'm, I'm envisioning she's probably going to have to have her own schedule. And then what I'll do is I'll link her schedule with mine. And then I'll just probably at some point, it'll probably get to be too much and I'll unclick <clears throat> it in mine. Um, so it doesn't show, but then I can go in there and click it if I need to look and see. Um, and so, like I said, with Turo, we've had to communicate on stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we put it in there. And so what I've done is, um, the rule is you can have, or the old rule used to be, you could have the car there four hours before, or four hours after, um, mm -hmm. that was the agreement that Turo had with DIA. Now we pay for parking. So they don't care. You could leave it there for days if you want. Um, but I'm always putting a four hour window. So if the car's got to be there at 1230, I'm going to say, Hey, 830 to 1230 is my drop off. And if it's got to be picked up, at 12.30, then 12.30 to 4.30 is my window. Um, so that gives me a window to look and see. Um, and so I can fit it into my schedule. And then if my morning's busy, um, then I'm just doing it the night before. That's cool. Do you find that, uh, that you have a car, a couple of different cars or a style of car like SUV versus sedan that is rented more often? Oh, uh, good question. I thought you were going somewhere different with that. Um, it, it varies. It really varies and it varies on your strategy. And so I'm, my strategies, I have two strategies right now. Um, and that could change, but I have six, seven passenger SUVs that are all wheel drive. Um, mm -hmm. and then I have m what I call my exotics, right? Like more of the high horsepower cars. Um, and it's going to vary and we're going to have to watch the market like you were talking about because, so I have a BMW M5. Um, it's an all wheel drive car. It's four doors. It seats five people, but like it has seasonality. People don't rent that car. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then the SUVs. The SUVs actually do pretty good in the winter because a lot of people go skiing. Um, totally. And so, and so, but my exotics, if you will, um, d don't go out as much 
they go out less often, but when they go out, I get more per day for those cars. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just have to know, and then I kind of also have a strategy with, um, I know the, I'm trying to think how to explain this. I know that the exotics are going to go out less often. So I am kind of banking on the SUVs being gone more frequently and that offsetting the higher, the, the exotic car payments because the exotic car payments are brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just know, and like, I'm thinking through this winter and I'm strategizing on how to get my next Airbnb, how to get our next house. And so I want to make sure the cars don't get in the way of that. Um, but I'm thinking I might need to get another SUV um, to balance out because now I have three big car payments um, to yeah. balance out to make sure if the nicer cars aren't gone, I can still make those payments. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, but I kind of along those lines, because I remember reading some um, and maybe actually it might have been on Turo or I got it through their email, whatever. But I think it was something to the effect of like some dude had 15 cars in, in L.A. and had a full time business with this. But he had done the research so, so that he knew that the number one most rented car through Hertz or Alamo or whatever was a uh, convertible Camaro. And so he bought, so he bought 15 of those, you know, and they just, you know, but that's Los Angeles. And and so you kind of have to know your market and look at like, yeah, you're right. Uh, Four wheel drive, all wheel drive is so important, obviously in Colorado, but it wouldn't necessarily be that important if you're in more of a Southern state. Right. No, Uh, not, yeah, not at all. Um, And I, I, so Turo has, there's a ton of tools. Oh my gosh. There's so many. So Turo has, they'll tell you what cars have the best ROI. Um, I use something called car sync that it will give you, um, the number one brand. It'll give you the number one model. It'll give you the number yeah. one rented. It'll give you, but I don't know. And I, I'll probably get into this where I start dabbling in the cars that are more popular but I also wonder, so like, I'll give you an example. Jeep Wrangler is probably the number one on Turo. Mm. It's the number one ROI. It's over 200%. Mm. Um, but I wonder, since it's the number one, how many, of them, uh, how many of them are there? There might be a lot of them on there. And then like you're getting one that's the number one rented, but it, does that create a bunch of competition for you? Because... Yeah it's the number one on there. And then you're like constantly fighting that competition. And so like, I, I don't, I haven't found the sweet spot with that and I'll probably get into that a little bit more. Um, and the other thing is like economy cars, they probably are gone more frequently and they're cheaper, but you're only getting $20, $30 a day for them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so it's this interesting and there's like a lot of different ways you can go um, with it. You know, I know, my nicer cars, um, I don't think there's, so, I mean, I have a Trackhawk, an M5, and a TRX, and I, I don't think there's any in the state. Yeah. Um, and so my pull on those is people are looking for something sweet um, to drive, and like, I have no competition on those, but I still have to be strategic with price, because if I put them on too high, they, you know, I might get lucky every once in a while, but my goals... Um, consistency and longevity um and so if you go on turo and you see some of those nicer cars 
you know, some of them are on there for 500 or 800 or 600 a day, but they have no rentals. Um, so when I'm looking on Turo, I'm looking at how many rentals do they have? So we were, we were actually looking at Lamborghinis the other day mm-hmm. and, uh, man, there was, there was a couple ballers on Turo, like, right. They had, I mean, one of those guys had a thousand trips. Um, wow. Wow. And so I'm just looking at, you know, I, I want to build it like a business, not like a hobby, because, um, you know, if I build it like a hobby, then I'm going to have all these car payments and then I'm going to be looking at exit strategy and trying to figure out how to totally. get the hell out. So Totally. Totally. Uh, but that brings up a good question too, which is, do you set your own pricing or do you just use the Turo smart pricing? Both. You set ranges, use both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the SUVs, I set a, so have you used automated pricing? You can set a floor and a ceiling yep. and then this there's kind of do. an algorithm that follows. Um, so with the SUVs, I've done that. Um, right now what I'm looking at doing is I hate it when cars are out in front of my house. Um, and not because the visual thing is because I'm thinking, am I making money or am I not making money? And so, right one thing I haven't messed with a ton is lowering the ceiling. Um, and so I'm going to start bringing the max down and seeing what that does. Cause I've noticed mm-hmm. if I lower the floor, um, if the ceiling's too high, the algorithm kind of stays in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to start lowering that high point and seeing if I can get cars, cars gone more frequently and kind of mm-hmm. really, um, be more profitable. Yeah. Um, the, the nice cars are harder because, um, the system doesn't pick up the system. The system doesn't pick up on that. And so like my Jeep Trackhawk is not in the system. And so it just thinks it's a grand Cherokee. And so it wants me to rent it for 60 bucks a day and I'm not going to do that. Um, and so I've kind of found a sweet spot of like $200 a day for those cars and mm-hmm. that sweet spot is like, um, I'm making enough to where when they're gone, it's worth it. But, you know, I'm not, you know, it's just kind of in the middle because you don't want just anybody renting them um, and tearing the hell out of them. And so like right. the other thing <clears throat> you do is two day minimums. I don't rent any of my cars for one day. Um, I don't know if you do that too. Yep. Um, yep. And yep. So, you know, on the nicer cars, if you're in $200 a day, two days, that's 400 bucks. Delivery is 120 on the nicer cars. So that's 500 bucks. And then you have a 500 to 750 deposit. You're in that car over a thousand bucks. So you're really not going to, and that's another thing people have told me, you know, they're just going to tell, tear your cars up. And like, I've been pretty surprised. Um, You know, I had had like a 26 year old kid rent the Jeep last week. And I mean, I could, I could, I could tell he got on it a couple of times with the tires. But like I said, I, if I don't want people, doing that then i probably need to get a different car not be in the turo game and so um, yeah but i mean most of the time it's like i want to test drive something i want something nice i'm getting married um i'm turning 40 and i want to be in something flashy it's just really not it's it's really it's really cool and i had another lady that said she had a uh, m5 cs which is like a two hundred thousand dollar car and she's like i just want to be in an m5 and i'm like and she was like, well, I want you to trust me. And I'm like, you, ha- you have a CS, like they're extremely hard to find. So it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, 
the nuances of all the little things in terms of delivery fees and like you said the the floor and the ceiling of pricing and and you know it can certainly be a, a little hobby which it is for me but to do it right for you it's like you're, you're i think your approach is really spot on in terms of really looking at it in terms of a, a business and yes the the icing is maybe you get to drive some of your nice cars from time to time you know and have other people yeah. pay for it which is nice you know um other the other thing that comes to mind though for me though is like like I said, I would consider myself pretty, pretty well-versed in Turo, but like, um, I, so I have a rep that I reach out to, um, that works at Turo. And so I'll call him and pick his brain on stuff. And then we have that class we're starting. Um, and so I'm under no illusion that at any time, like I can't learn something. And so I found something out from the Turo rep a couple of weeks ago. I said, Hey man, it's slow. Can you look things over? Let me know what your thoughts are. And he said, he, he gave me a nugget of information. And the nugget was, if your delivery fee is above your daily average on your car, the algorithm and the search will kick you down. Um, and so I was like, sweet. And so I lowered some of my delivery fees because I could tell, you know, something was kicking me down in the search. So mm -hmm. like when you look on, when you search on Google, right, it lists stuff. It does the same thing in Turo. It lists cars and you don't want to be at the bottom of that search. And of course, so, of course. Um, just, just, you know, I don't spend a ton of time on it. I just spend my time that I spend on it. You know, I know what to ask and who to ask and kind of do that. Um, I love it. Well, in, in, in kind of wrapping things up, where do you see yourself going with this? Do you feel like you're going to push towards... With, with Turo, I mean, do you see it like, are you going to keep growing your fleet? Do you feel like you're going to keep growing your fleet in terms of uh, nicer cars? We're going to stick around seven or eight. Um, like, how does, how do you, are, does it not even matter how many cars? Is it like a, uh, how much money do you want to make profit-wise? Is that kind of more the goal? What's what's kind of the, the strategy going forward for you with the business? Well, um, there's a couple of different things. I mean, the main strategy is just arbitrage, right? Like I'm buying yeah. something and my payments, one thing, and then I'm getting at least that or more a month. Um, and, but, uh, we're definitely going to grow. Like I said, my wife's going to quit her, quit her nine to five job and we're definitely going to grow. Um, I'm being, I'm trying to be strategic to make sure that buying cars doesn't get in the way of me buying real estate. <laughs> right. Um, and so one of the strategies that I we're we're diving into here sooner than later is I've had a bunch of people say, I love the idea. And you mentioned this. I don't have the resources or the time. And so what we're building <clears throat> out is the strategy around they call it co-hosting. And so mm -hmm. basically we'll be taking on other people's cars and we'll be running that for them. And then we'll be, you know, splitting that profit um, a certain way. And so, right. you know, I might have to get another car um, to offset some payments here coming up. But I think what I'm really going to start going after is growing the fleet, but growing the fleet without me having to leverage, mm -hmm. um, you know, and so that's something we're really going to look at and dive into, Um here sooner than later and i actually already have a couple of people that are interested in it um because our system's built out good you know 
like I can get, I can get a car, I could get a car tonight and I could have it on in 10 minutes. Um, you know, and I, I also have the bandwidth to know, like you mentioned going from one to seven is, it would probably be pretty hard, but you know, I could take on two or three more and just, you know, uh, the second part of that question is, um, I'm going to have to at some point get some leverage. Um, and at some point I'd like to pick your brain some more on, um, I think at some point I'm going to need an assistant, but I think that role is going to be kind of a dual <clears throat> role in like an assistant to help me with real estate and Turo, um, you know, like kind of blended. And so I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what productive things they could do in the real estate space. Um, you know, and so some of it might be data entry. Some of it might be, you know, just the things I'm not good at or I don't want to do. Um, and right. so that, those are kind of the things that I'm looking at for the, for the future. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I think that's, that's, we're definitely along the same lines with that. And that's kind of why I <clears throat> hired who I hired two weeks ago, which was like, or in, in the way that I did it was like, I could, you know, invest in another Airbnb, right? And, uh, and then hope that that's ramped up those payments that I could, you know, or those, that type of income. So I could hire someone to support me, you know, but to me, I was like, but that's kind of a gamble. Cause I, I kind of like, I'm already at the end of my bandwidth in terms of how much stuff that I'm doing, you know, mm -hmm. so I was doing everything from high value, you know, <laughs> actions to going over and grabbing sheets from my Airbnb and bring them home to wash them to unfold them to take them back over there you know for my for my denver property at least so i thought you know like rather than buying a piece of real estate um why not buy a business that already has the cash flow you know and so i i ended up using that hvac business to be able to hire my assistant she does 20 hours a week on the hvac business and the other 20 is solely dedicated to turo airbnb personal assistant stuff, you know, running around town, mm. just doing anything and everything, you know? So it's very similar to what you're talking about having that hybrid um, kind of role, which I think at some point, if you have enough things going on, which you certainly do, <laughs> and you want to have quality yeah. time with your wife and your kids, like you have to have support, you know, and you don't want to just have a business relationship with your spouse, you know, you got to make sure that yeah. you create the time. So this could be a whole nother conversation to, to talk about yeah the other thing that you made me think about though is like i find myself um doing the same thing you did right like well can i afford that can i do that um and i have to catch when i'm having those thoughts because i'm like you know if I really evaluate them truthfully it's like i can't not afford to do it um mm -hmm. you know so i'm like find myself like ooh, do i really want to pay somebody to mow the yard at the airbnb and i'm like how else is it going to get done? Like, yeah, you know, time or money, I right? Somebody do it for 60 bucks every two weeks. And I'm like, that's well, well worth it. And so yeah. I, yeah. I'm just finding myself a lot of times being like, you know, you can't afford not to do that stuff. And I think that stuff is like the education and leverage usually for me. Yeah. 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 Otherwise you're not growing and you're just going to be spinning your wheels doing what you're doing without ever yeah. really growing what you're doing you know so i feel that and i think the education is obviously the biggest part which is hopefully 
I think anyone who would watch this who's kind of kind of thinking about like should we get into Turo or maybe they're dabbling even like me like uh, if they really want to push like you're a huge resource and I think they probably learned a shit ton out of this so thanks totally. for turning this uh, mastermind into a good conversation you know totally uh, and I I um the thing I'd leave you with is like I'm an open book and like I'd be more than happy to share and I've joked with people like. I'll literally let you sit down with me and cut and paste my systems. Like, I don't care. Cause a lot of people are like, well, that's competition. I'm like, no, like that's, it's really not, um, you know, but then I'm also open to having conversations around, you know, just anything really. Cause I, I six, seven months ago, if we would have talked, if you'd have told me this would be where I'd be, I would say there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. You've taken a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of steps forward. That's for sure. Taking a lot of risks takes takes balls, obviously, to do what you're doing. But I think it's pretty cool. And it's pretty inspiring. So I appreciate you being such an open book. And that's kind of what I think this the mastermind, the brotherhood, needs to be. Is like we just need to be we need to be open source, open source uh, support for helping guys figure out like yeah. greater levels of fulfillment and success and happiness and everything else. But like, let's all come together be open books versus um, be competition. So yeah, I appreciate that, yeah. man. Thank you very much for this. Good, good conversation for sure. Thank you for showing up and giving. Yeah, you're welcome. Really appreciate it. Uh, are you, are you off to drop off a car tonight? Uh, yes and no. I have somebody come in and get it, the BMW, um, but they're getting it from the house. So I just, I just got to go run it through the car wash and vacuum it. I mean, cool. that's, you know, the other thing that I love is um, I, I'm such a car guy. Like the car stuff doesn't feel like work to me. Like, yeah, you know, it's fun. I could yeah. be like, oh, I got to go wash a car, but I'm like, oh, I get to go wash a car. Like, yeah. Um, and so just setting myself up for tomorrow, you know, washing it, vacuuming yeah. it, um, making sure the kids didn't leave shoes and socks in there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah for sure. For make sure. sure in the yeah. morning I can just pull it out of the garage and leave it in the driveway. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks for spending the night uh, when you still have other stuff to do tonight. I appreciate you yeah, very absolutely. much. Yeah, we'll catch up more soon. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Talk soon. Thanks, guys, for uh, tuning in and watching the, the recording. Yep. Thank you, Zach. And re reach out to Zach if you got questions if he's in the Brotherhood and everything else. Yeah, I look so. forward to touching base with others. So. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, brother. Have a good night. Good night. See you, man. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.